Hey, Cathy. Hey, hey Jo. <laughs> I've got my line. What is it? <laughs> hey, Jojo. Hi, Jojo. <laughs> so we're recording another podcast. It's the beginning of December. It's the first day that we haven't been locked down, which is exciting, <gasps> isn't it? It is. Although it's not exciting, is it, for us? I think that's why I had immediately forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It's exactly the same, apart from the shops are open, but the pubs aren't. I know. I don't like the shops. I don't like the shops at the best of times. I'm not going to like them now. There's like this bottleneck of people who've been wanting to go shopping and can't, and there'll just be a crush and there'll be sweaty COVID bodies everywhere. Yeah. MBA yeah. for the rest of the country. Ooh, gets to go to the pub. I tell you who's being added again the bloody Grinch. Sir Philip Grinch putting things into administration. Have you seen that in Arca Arcadia? I have. I have. What are your thoughts on that? There's a little bugger. <laughs> See that in the Daily Mail headline tomorrow. <laughs> Kathy Harrison of the Verb Group says Philip Green is a little bugger. <laughs> God, he is a little bugger though. Do you know what? I read an article about him at the weekend, and it was only recently, like literally in the last year or two, he changed away from his Nokia phone. He's um, very anti-technology, he's analogue, he doesn't like all things digital, which is part of the reason Arcadia's gone into administration, because he refused to invest in like the online and e-commerce, he wanted physical high streets, he wanted stores, he's like, uh, you know, I want to sign a cheque, I don't want to do a yeah. box. Basically just try to ignore the digital world, and so it's kind of inevitable what's happened. But, you know, obviously in the meantime, chucked out a cheeky £1.2 billion dividend to his wife tax-free Monaco, because, you know... That's ethical. So, yes, um, not at all surprising, and um, but just a horrible, horrible shame. I think part of the problem with the whole Arcadia thing, because it's so linked with what he did with BHS and the pensions, mm -hmm. and that was, was just more, again, about bringing financial services into disrepute, of being, why isn't their pension better protected? And, you know, how is he able to take all of this money out and move it? And there is pension protections. We have something in financial services called the Pension Protection Fund, which will protect up to 90% of your pension from this kind of thing. But it's 90%, so you still you can still lose out on it. And I think the actions of some really do reflect badly on what people are trying to do in the majority. Exactly what I was going to say. It's always the case of, it's like, it's the headline news, isn't it? Nobody mm. wants to hear somebody ran a company really well, followed corporate governance, paid their pensions out and their staff were happy. Like, that's not headline yeah. news, is it? No. But yeah. those old school people who are clearly just very selfish and putting their own priorities and yachts ahead of kind of their actual staff mm. are the ones that make the headlines. And it is a shame because like, it's almost that link. As soon as you hear pension, you just think, Oh, that must be something to do with that whole world of finance and I want nothing to do with it and mm. it's really not the case. It's just a bad, bad man. <laughs> He's a bad man. Um, there's just something around having a retail store that you can go to mm. if you need to buy clothes or jewellery or perfume or that kind of thing are getting less and less and the less people go up the high street the more independent retailers will struggle yeah, what uh, will happen to the high street um, I got some new glasses last week and it was just a bit of a nightmare because you have to book in I'd been for an eye test but you have to book in a separate appointment now to try glasses on and then some just to follow you around with all the anti-back wipes and mm. kind of everything and they did try and say to me at the time or oh, you can just buy them online and I was like but how could I possibly know what style I want and pay to get your lenses fitted and everything and then have to send them back and there's just stuff like that and like I say if you go on and you want to try and clothes or perfume like it's just not an online experience is it you need you need to have something like yeah that. plus you need something to just break up the bars and the restaurants which is all I'm there for but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> gives me some steps to, to sober up do you remember when we went to Newcastle we just said That's let's up, go and yeah. do some shopping and then we both got there and did I go to the cash machine or something and I just went oh I don't think I really need anything and you went I don't really like shopping let's just not go shopping let's just get drunk <laughs> I don't know why we pretended to 
ourselves we were going shopping. I know. And we really got really, worked. really, really, really drunk. And it was better. It was much better. Much better use of your money. But, you know, memories. Memory. Mm. For the first half of the day. <laughs> was um, priceless. Should we move into our current affairs topic of the show? Uh, can the current affair be that it's nearly Christmas? It is nearly Christmas. And do you know what? I do like Christmas. Um, I, may, I, sound, I sound like I'm saying that with a, a footnote or a hesitation. There isn't normally one. I don't know if there's just something about this year and the madness and stuff being closed down and not being able to kind of do as much Christmassy stuff. But I wasn't really starting to feel the Christmas spirit in the way that I normally do this year. And then with the little one, we put the Grinch, but like a cartoon version of it, which worked for me because I just find Dr. Seuss a bit weird and like just a bit creepy. And this was like a cute version of it. And they were just all skipping along and it was all jingly and fairy lights and singing. And like, it just made me realise even with the weirdness of the year, I still think it's just going to be a lovely little festive period and I think everybody needs their sparkle of Christmas this year more than ever. And I think what's important to remember is it's that kind of stuff. Like yes, just it is. Just sitting under a blanket and yeah. watching the Grinch and feeling all warm and you've got a lamp on and the fire on and it's cold and dark outside. That's what makes Christmas. No, it doesn't make Christmas. I read about somewhere that was um, saying that you can still come and see Santa, but Santa had to wear a face mask. You had to stand away from him as well, stand two metres away from him. Yes, he's a magic elf, but who apparently still, you know, could get COVID. Still susceptible. Still susceptible to a virus. Um, I also thought to myself, wouldn't it be funny if Christmas just took 16 and a half weeks because he just had to quarantine for two weeks every time he landed in a new country. <laughs> He's like, well, yeah, you're scheduled for March the 27th. What are you complaining for? <laughs> Sydney in December waiting for you for all of your stuff. So sat in a hotel in Sydney. <laughs> yeah. No, no. <laughs> Oh, I tell you what's very interesting. What Hot is? off the press. Go on. There are not enough advent calendars to go around. Flipping isn't. Like, uh, but this has been an ongoing theme this year, hasn't it? And I don't know what's happened with COVID and getting Mother's Day cards, Father's Day yeah. cards, advent calendars, those kind of things that you do. And throughout the year, when we've gone to buy them last minute, as we always do every mm -hmm. single year, they're sold out, but not just sold out that day. Like, we're being told that they're sold out weeks beforehand. Like, yeah. advent calendars sold out middle of November. And it's not even just Christmas tat. Do you remember when you just couldn't get plaster anywhere? Yes. And people were just sat with unplastered houses. Yeah. Um, because they started to do the houses up and then realised that they needed plaster and there was no plaster. Because really the factories were shut in the first lockdown. Is there an advent calendar factory somewhere? <gasps> there must be. Oh, I imagine oh, if you use different elves. doors every day in December, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? Um, but I've immediately forgotten what we were talking about. What were we talking about? Um, you said just the magic of Christmas is all of that, and it's the snuggling under a blanket, and it's the twinkly lights, and it's that, and it's not about spending. You don't have to spend a fortune and buy thousands of presents. Yeah, Some true. people do it absolutely over the top. Yeah. When I was a kid, you got like a main present and a couple of little things to open. You didn't get hundreds know, and thousands of presents. Now, isn't it? And maybe your main present was a pair of trainers. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, oh, like, I really so that you actually some... essentially need. 
beaded. Yes, exactly <laughs> that. luxuries. Yeah, or, you know, a nice new winter coat. Yeah. Oh, quite lovely. Yeah. So it's absolutely <laughs> freezing on Christmas Eve. <laughs> I'm just Christmas going out in Bermuda shorts and cycling shorts or whatever I wore in the 80s. It has changed a lot. The commercialism has just gone crazy. And I don't know how much the advent of social media has to do with it. I think it's a two-pronged approach of people like to show off what they bought. There's always been the keeping up with the Joneses. The problem now is that there's millions of Joneses to keep up with. And I also think just the ease of the way that people can get credit. Do you think... um it'll be any different this year given how the year's been and given how you know we talked last time about how much extra people had saved because Mm -hmm. they couldn't go out spending during all the lockdowns so do you think people will have got used to spending less and therefore will spend less for christmas or people will have gone well i've spent less so i've saved up more so i'll just go even crazier and like have a bigger christmas than ever you know you get into the habit of saving once you've saved a little bit it kind of it builds doesn't it and you kind of feel like you want to save more so I wonder if they think, oh, well, you know, I've gone all year without buying a load of crap. I can probably keep some of my savings and not do the same at Christmas. It's not like I can go out shopping and part of it's the experience. Those people who are shielding or staying at home aren't likely to then go wander around the shops and buy things they don't need. Um, certainly if you're buying online, you're less likely to buy spurious items that you just see. So that's one option. The second option is, they, do they just think, I tell you what, what a rubbish year. Let's just go out all out and have a great Christmas and spend, 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 spend and have a really good time so i hope it would have been almost a good reset for people who maybe yeah. were struggling to have a handle on it before mm-hmm. so actually this could have been a really good opportunity if there was people who were overspenders who were living beyond their means who were always buying like disposable fashion the new clothes or design and stuff that they couldn't afford and were kind of getting into debt being forced to stop doing that might have meant that they've cleared out some of the debt or they've got out the habit of buying stuff they don't need either way we thought it would be a good reset for us and we talked about no it on the podcast. i knew it wouldn't i said all along <laughs> I thought I might spend less on takeaway coffees and I didn't. No. <laughs> I realised that I didn't need them and then realised, oh, I did. <laughs> Nailed it. Anyway, funny. actual money advice for me, is <laughs> not that, would be I quite like, um, as do, and I'm sure the other supermarkets do it, um, like a savings card mm. where you can, every time you go shopping, round it up or, or put a tenner on or whatever and then your actual groceries which is very expensive for some reason at christmas you one meal i know your actual one, one meal. meal i know <laughs> you're like hang on a minute seen people in asda <laughs> with two trolleys i know like, you've and, literally, and then you get to the end of it and you go oh but i haven't bought for anything for like christmas eve or boxing day or the yeah. whole week around it like how have i got all of we, this for one meal every year i i am um, justify it to myself and go well yeah it's a bit of a bigger shop but then it means i won't have to go out and i can just stay in and watch movies oh, yeah, and no, have a great yeah. christmas time and then the day after boxing day i'm like oh I'm back nothing to shop, eat nothing to eat everybody's eating <laughs> everything and it's just things that you would never buy any other time of year like i don't even like nuts why am i buying walnuts in a shell to just hang around my house and i know you think that i'm lame and boring but there is just something about spreading the cost of christmas it's just a lot of money to pull out if you put a couple of quid away you can if you've got 100 quid by the time it comes to christmas then that's like it's almost like a free shopping trip and it does really help i think although i try and do that every year but then forget and then just go oh just put 80 quid on the week before <laughs> so like oh free shopping and also i'm just going oh that's like 12 bottles of wine <laughs> don't you always at christmas as well go um i suppose it might be different this year one of my big purchases at christmas is always must make sure i've got plenty of gin whiskey rum 
that's for me, <laughs> um, all of that kind of stuff in to make sure that if people pop around to say Happy Christmas or um, Happy New Year, that you've got a drink in for them. So there's always bottles of lager and cider and just in case, yeah. just in case somebody comes. But do you need to do that this year? They're that's what I'm saying. People will not yeah. be just popping around, will they? Won't, will they? Probably will still buy the rum. <laughs> <laughs> just in <laughs> case. <laughs> just in case. Um, I'm really into fire whiskey at the minute, aren't I? And so, mm. you know, it'll be cold. Probably need to keep myself um, warm with yeah. fire whiskey. Whiskey's cheaper than gas. <laughs> I guess. Um, what about I think you? Where, do you? where are you compared to the year and how are you spending it for Christmas? Um, well, I'm quite prepared for Christmas. I'm not you. So I start my Christmas because I know you, we all know my thoughts on Black Friday and how prices elevate towards Black Friday. Then they um, drop down on Black Friday, Cyber Monday that weekend. And then they start creeping up again towards Christmas. I totally get it. That's when people are buying and I understand that. So I tend to buy a little bit of something every month. Things yeah. that I know for sure that they'll want at Christmas time. So... Jude wanted some something. Jude wanted something for Christmas, um, which I will remain undisclosed what it is. And I bought them because I knew the price would elevate towards Christmas. I bought them back in April. What? Yeah, ready. I just buy something every month, and then when I get to Christmas, now I'm I'm going into Christmas. I've got nothing left to buy. I can oh, just yeah. enjoy the period. Shut off. <laughs> I am pretty organised, but I do always. I tell you what the danger of that is. Everybody's sorted now. I need to buy something for Michael's dad because he's just impossible. Um, but apart from that, everybody's sorted. And then you think, have I got enough? Yeah, because you forget else? how much you've bought. Or yeah, it's been well, like... it's not even that. It's just when you go to the shop, there's just something about them trying to push stocking fillers on you. And everywhere you go, there's just aisles and aisles of Lynx body spray. <laughs> like, should I get the boy something else? Should I get, oh, yeah, it's only a fiver. It's only a tenner. And then yeah. you just think, it's absolute tat they don't need. I've just done Jude's bedroom out. And I swear to God, there was about six boxes with, like, David Beckham Sport and Adidas body spray. Things that you get at yeah, Christmas, those stupid sets. Yeah, absolutely not. Nobody needs him. He's a scruffy teenager. If you had £100 to spend on everything for Christmas, mm. so your food, your drink, your presents, entertainment, everything, mm. um, what would be your focus? How would you do? How would you go about that? There's some things, like I was thinking, you can't have... <laughs> I'm going to see if I can explain this in a way that doesn't sound idiotic. Like you can't have imaginary food. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't explained it in a way that isn't idiotic. Like you can't... If it... <laughs> if I need to include food in my budget, it's all like I can say. <laughs> oh, mm, Harrison, this imaginary dirty... <laughs> like, oh yeah, I can't have reuse a meal I ate last week. <laughs> Whereas I could reuse last year's Christmas jumpers where I'm going. Right, okay. So there's some things that you maybe don't need, but food you do Honestly, need. Honestly, I think people learn so much through this podcast. <laughs> you cannot, you are so right, you cannot re-eat meals. You just cannot. Yeah, but you, you can still need to have food, it. but what you could have instead of a big turkey roast dinner is... Sausage <laughs> Turkey pot noodle. <laughs> I think I'd rather eat the imaginary food. <laughs> you probably would. Um, but so I was thinking, right, Christmas jumpers is a funny one because I do normally have a Christmas jumper and the last one I had, it was more of like 
a general wintry jumper with some sparkles on it so that you could wear it for more than just Christmas Day because mm. there is something that is very disposable about, you know, when you just buy a Christmas jumper for one day and then you get a new one the year after. Oh, well, I wouldn't get a new one. That would be my thing. I've got, like, three Christmas jumpers. Yeah, I've well, I think there's, like, the last 10 years. there's a big sort of pushback against people that buy new ones every year. But I gave my last winter jumper, which was also my Christmas jumper, away. So then I was thinking this year, do I buy one? And But then I found one and I've never dressed me and Harrison the same. Um, but he's really into dinosaurs and I found one and you get the mummy size and the child size and it's called a tree rex and it's got a picture of a dinosaur with a Christmas tree. <laughs> I really and I think things amazing. like that are a good proportionate yeah, spend of my £100. I'll tell you what that would be great for, like when he's 16 and you bring the photos back out and he goes, oh no, my God. Mum, you're so embarrassing. So how else would I spend it? I think presents, I think exactly what you said, there are very, very thoughtful presents that are very, very cheap and actually I would make a much smaller proportion of it and I don't I don't think that would be a good use. I think I've always found getting people together and spending money on food and drink and just having that big party in the same way that I spend all my money eating out. It's like going and doing that thing and you're always like with groups of people and it's experience. Like and that's where I would spend mine. It's what your family do, isn't it? Yeah. Because they've got six kids and eight grandkids so instead of what would be a very expensive Christmas if you had to buy for all of those people, mm-hmm. all of those people in your immediate family, extremely expensive. So what you guys do is a secret centre yeah. um, where you all just pick a name and you spend like 20 quid, 20 50 quid or whatever it is. And that's all you have to pay yeah. for all of those people. Absolutely. And it just, yeah, it is. Otherwise, you'd just be kind of bankrupting yourself trying to buy for 14 people. And we... it's not like when you buy for people, you don't know if you're buying for your husband and children, you know what they've already got, you know what they might need. Like you could buy something that's mm. potentially a gap that they actually have. But if I'm buying for my nephew who we will see a couple of times a year, like I don't know what he's already got. I don't know if he's going to really like this mm. thing that I've bought. So you end up spending a lot of money on presents that are maybe not that meaningful. So yeah. how would you split yours other than like the majority of it on fire whiskey? Well, I think that's, yeah, I think that's a really, really good point. Now, exactly me, the first thing that would go would be expensive presents. It would be a book or, you know, write them and a nice poem or a really nice card or do something really meaningful. I did something similar when me and Mike were first together and I first had Len and we had absolutely no money um, and I think it was like Valentine's Day and I wrote him a poem and he still got it. Aww, um, you zuppie. I know. It's that kind of thing that he, I can't remember what else I bought it like the yeah. year after or something but he'll remember that poem because it's meaningful for him. And I do think there's things that you can absolutely cut out of Christmas. Don't need to spend money on decorations. We discovered early you can make them out of toilet roll holders. Um, Yeah, so when I was young and again, poor, we got... We got burgled quite a lot. Yeah, yeah, it was quite a rough area. We got burgled right near Christmas. And so all of our presents were stolen. Our Christmas tree and decorations were stolen. Um, so Do somebody, a job. I'm I know. Honest. Somebody donated us a Christmas tree and some presents. And me and my mum sat up all night and, well, not all night, probably felt like all night. It was about eight or something. Um, and made out of Christmas wrapping paper and toilet rolls. Yeah, the cardboard you know, like the holders. cardboard bit in the middle. We made like crackers and things like that and put them on the tree. Um, and we had those decorations for like years afterwards. Aww. It was like, and actually the more I think, like how stressful that must be. And that. my but first ever bike ex- stolen on Boxing Day. <laughs> my first ever bike on Christmas Day and it got stolen on Boxing Day. It's absolutely crazy. Little tour rags. So tell me how you're spending your £100. Well, not on decorations. No. Gonna just get a plant and stick a toilet roll on it. Yeah. Probably, I think I'm with you. The food, not bothered. I'll buy a joint of beef yep. and make some hot beef sandwiches yep. and everybody can come round. It's literally going to cost me a tenner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's the drink, isn't it? It is the drink. You can't have imaginary look. alcohol, George. So, yeah, absolutely. I think a meaningful little gift, cheap food, and probably one of the best Christmases you'll ever have. 
Do you remember when um, poor Scott was um, in hospital and you just had cans of Fosters and... In, um, when he was laid in a cobra on Christmas Day and we yeah. sat in the hospital eating hospital Christmas lunch and sharing cans of Fosters from the garage. Yeah. I do. Do you remember? It was a good day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Christmas isn't just You know what, food, actually, but I genuinely, I was scrolling back through Christmas photos the other day and I came onto those pictures and there's quite a few pictures from my little brother being in a coma two Christmases ago in 2018. So we literally spent Christmas Day in James Cook Hospital thinking, oh, it'll be a Christmas miracle, he'll wake up today and he didn't. It was like New Year before he woke up, wasn't it? Yeah. Busy <laughs> But when I went through, there was actually quite a few pictures from that Christmas day, despite it being in the hospital. And we've got party hats on and we're like sat and like actually having a laugh. And like, even then, genuine, in the worst imaginable circumstances for my family, we actually still had a really nice Christmas, not a nice Christmas, but like yeah. it was still possible to have because a Christmas day important that part, you can look back it? and see photos and see that we were together and we were laughing and smiling, like despite everything else that was going on. So absolutely, it is not about spending money. But also try not to be in a coma. <laughs> Definitely well, helps to be conscious. Help. Yeah. <laughs> food mean, that isn't imaginary and consciousness would be my two key ingredients for a successful Christmas day. <laughs> Look at them for the dark, isn't it? We've been looking at things a little bit differently in Verve Group, haven't we, this last month or so, and talking about how hard the year has been for everybody generally, how challenging people have found it, whether you've managed to get into the office, whether you've been working from home for the best part of nine solid months now. Um, and I think for everybody, regardless of what position you're in, this year has taken its toll in some way. Mm -hmm. And then Christmas, which hopefully can still be a nice positive time for people, it generally, even in good years, just adds an extra layer of um, pressure on people and maybe stress or worry about affording things and it could just become a bit of a kind of crunch point. Mm -hmm. So internally we've done a bit of a challenge around people getting outside, being active, getting fresh air, looking after themselves, the physical health and mental health and for the miles that they walk or run or hike, we'll donate to charity. Um, and we just think it's such an important thing that we thought we'd swap up where we would normally have our sponsorship slot at this stage in the podcast to talk a little bit about that and just if people are struggling, maybe some of the resources that are available to them. Yeah, absolutely. I think it is one of those um, times of year when people, like you say, do struggle a bit more. Um, I would suggest there's absolutely, um, we've talked a little bit about how to save money and that it isn't all about money. But sometimes if you're already in that kind of hole with mm -hmm. debt or any problems, it just looks like you can't get out of it. And people, there is a certain expectation for you to kind of um, build um, on that and spend more money than you possibly have. A really good resource for that would probably be the Step Change Debt Charity. So they've got so many tips, much more than what we can give you here in a half hour podcast. Um, just give them a call and they can help with any situation. Um, their numbers 0800 138 1111. Um, just give them a call, they should be able to help. And actually, if it's something that isn't money and it's um, more of a mental issue, um, try the Samaritans. Um, they're always around and they're absolutely brilliant. And we understand people are struggling at the minute. So, really, please, it's probably the most important call that you'll ever make. So, their numbers just 116 123. Very easy to remember. Absolutely. And I think it's just important to realise that everybody is feeling it in some way to various degrees. And absolutely, you're not, there's nothing unusual about feeling like you need to reach out and get help from 
other people and that's literally what they're there for yeah and i would also say although it's not official in any way if you've got any questions about money or anything like that please feel free to send us a message hello at thatminpodcast.co.uk um, we'll help whichever way that we can yeah and even if it's if it's not something we can do we can even point you in the right direction absolutely and yeah we always check our emails any time of day so we're probably we online do. more than the Samaritans True. <laughs>
Like, I feel like I can just be, tell which is going to be the Marxist one based on... I'm, I'm judging a pie by its appearance. <laughs> You're judging a pie by its pastry. By its pastry. Do you not just think that one looks more... The one I think is the Marxist one has got a lighter... It's on the blue just, plate, isn't it? It's on it? the blue plate. It's just the star's better formed. It's a bit more homemade, yours, doesn't it? I mean, we're saying I, yours, we mean the orange plate. Um, yes. Okay, I don't know what to expect from the taste of a mince pie, because as much as I'm saying <laughs> I don't like it, I don't eat them. So. All right, we're going to go off the blue plate first. Oh, it's quite crumbly. Oh, yeah. Oh, made a mess. Do I have to eat the actual mints? <laughs> just, 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 just imagine it. Just imagine it. Imagine how it'll taste. It's so dry. It's so dry. Oh, why do people eat these voluntarily? I don't know. It's awful. Oh, it's rotten. People choose to eat these. Right. I feel like the pastry was really dry. Yeah, but it was very sweet. Is the mints, supposed to be like? I think it's supposed to be. Yeah, because they're not like mints, are they? Fine, why is it called a mince pie? It's completely different to a so mince pie. Is, yeah, what, what's, what even is this? Is it a fruit? Yeah, it's just like, just like raisins and mm. currants. Oh, we should have had it in our current affair bit. Go on, let's try the other. I'll give it a out of ten. <sighs> Minus two. <laughs> What's yours? I don't know, I didn't like it too. It's hard to rate them because we don't like them anyway. Oh, right, okay. Now this one, immediately the pastry's not as sweet. Um... That one's not as bad. Absolutely vile. I can't eat that. Minus 10. I, can't, I don't know how long I can go. Which one do you think? So we think the red one is Aldi one. Right, I'm going to say the blue I one's... I thought the pastry was better on the, the second one. All right, well, I'm going to say the blue one's Marx's and the orange yeah, ones. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Correct. Correct, yeah. <laughs> Christmas cake. Like it in. Do you want right. to go for it? Right, let's have a look at appearance first. Oh, no. See, they've gone the extra mile with a little... Um, Holly imprint. It's going to be Marx's, isn't it? Judging a cake by Tyson. Yeah, and again, we're not going to like it anyway, so... Oh. Yeah, I don't like marzipan, do you? Yeah. Are you going to eat some of the icing? Yeah, because I think I'll prefer that to the prune or whatever, isn't it? It's horrible. Yeah, I can't even Why eat Why do people ruin their own Christmases? Do you know what's wrong with that? Everything. Are horrid. Mine was crunchy. Are they supposed to be crunchy? I thought they were supposed to be soft. Out of ten? Uh, one. Yeah, right. <clears throat> Let's try this one. And then we can move on to the nice stuff, Joe. I feel like the truffles you know and the lot, crisps look nice. Look, dinner, like less stout. The icing's better on that. That one's much better, isn't it? Yeah. Still horrific. Yeah. Mark Chris, we don't like it. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. mean, we're good. We have refined palettes. Um, crisps. Mm. I feel like them ones are more speckled, so they're going to be the expensive ones. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like a speckled frog on a speckled Christmas log. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go for a speckled one first. I am. I feel like it might have a bit of chilli on it. <laughs> oh. Is that like turkey or something now? Hmm. Nice, that, isn't it? Um, no, I was impressed at your taste buds. <laughs> I just assumed because it was a Christmas taste test. <laughs> okay. So you think that one's turkey -y. These ones, they're a little bit smaller, aren't they? Look. For size well, no, just because you've got it's a not... giant one, I just got a normal size crisp. You just went for the giant one. No, but I feel like the average size. They're less speckly and smaller. That one's green. Oh, yeah. Got absolutely no flavour. Yeah. Is it almost a bit beefy? Mine wasn't. Is it sprouty? <laughs> Mine's turkey breath, if it's anything. <laughs> <laughs> the breath of a dead turkey. Yeah, I think them ones are Max's. Yeah. <laughs> mm, can we get into the truffles? <clears throat> I mean, <laughs> they are um, aesthetically very different. They are aesthetically very different because those look like truffles on the blue pair. Interesting you thought they look like truffles and I think they look like sheep droppings. <laughs> Interesting. Mm. 
Um, which one do you want to try first? Blue plate or orange plate? I want to try the orange plate. Which is the one that looks like the mushed ones. <clears throat> you know when you get fun-sized Mars bars and yes. then oh, one of your kids has them in the pocket and they go through the wash? <laughs> mm. I like chocolate. <laughs> it tastes a bit like a Milky Way. Mm. Um, I don't think they're truffly though. Is they're supposed to be truffles? Because like, it's like a Milky Way and I feel like it's just crunchy chocolate with <laughs> truffly inside. That's what a truffle is. <laughs> no. Anyway, should we actually keep taste testing rather than just eating? I'm not sure how great it is as a podcast to listen to. Um, well, that was quite nice. I think that was nice. Mm. I mean, like, the chocolate was very smooth. It tastes mm. like good quality chocolate. Even if you think it looks like it's been through the wash. Um, I actually think that tasted really nice. Okay, okay, let's try the other more aesthetically <clears throat> pleasing. Oh, no, I don't think they are. These are more like a... Sheep drop in. Well, I was going to say, like, you know, like Hershey's like, kiss things. Mm. No, absolutely not. That is just a big pile of chocolate. Like and hard bitter. chocolate. It's very bitter, isn't it? No, I like dark chocolate, so that's fine for me, but it's just rock hard, big thing of chocolate. I don't like it. And I think you, <laughs> you not me, judged them and immediately thought they were the cheap ones because they were messy, but they taste much, much, much better, so I think they're maxes. All right, interesting. I'm going to go the opposite. Are you? Mm. Oh. Oh. Bit of thing. I think the cheap droppings are maxes. Cheap droppings on the weekly are maxes. <gasps> well done. Oh, well, you're fancy, so you have them, and I'm not, so I'll have the nice ones. No, because I shop at Lidl. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Learned that we're never going to be the ones fighting over the last mince pie or slice of Christmas cake. We've learned that there's not a waitress around here to do a really true <laughs> taste test. <laughs> that you shouldn't judge it by its cover because you aren't always right. No. Nope, um, um, and actually, we even scored the low ones quite high. So in the first test, mm. we still scored the mulled wines high. Mm. Seven out of ten, both of us, mm -hmm. on the first taste test. So actually, if you're not comparing it to anything, it's still a good purchase. If you can only afford to go to Lidl or Aldi or go where you can afford to go. And especially if you're getting fresh stuff, I always think I go to Lidl because I don't buy a lot of processed food, so I get all my veg and that kind of stuff from there. Um, and they also learned that if you just drink lots of wine, it takes the edge off it anyway. Yeah, so again, if we're talking about the £100 budget, yep. if you spend £70 on a really strong whiskey, yes. you don't care what anything tastes like. Exactly. <laughs> Christmas nailed. The eight of champions. nailed Christmas. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me two turtle doves and a partridge in a pear tree. Time for an interview. Which will be an inter interview with a lovely Emma Napier from Bravura, which is a financial technology company. And she'll tell us a little bit about her career and what she's been doing as well as us hitting her with some hard-hitting Christmas questions. It's the lovely Emma Napier, so thank you for joining Aww. us, Emma. Thank you very much. I'm very honoured. <laughs> Tell us a little bit, Emma, about your introduction to finance and how you inevitably, I'm going to discuss this, fell into finance. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> how did I fall into finance? Well, sorry, can I just check? You weren't in school thinking I want to work in financial <laughs> services and be a platform expert. No, I wanted, Is that right? Is I wanted that to work at key markets, which you won't even, you're far no. too young to even Is that know. like Timpsons? <laughs> what? No, it's a supermarket, or it was a supermarket that now I think is Morrison's. But that's where I wanted to work, because I wanted to be a till person. <gasps> that was the case, people have been clapping for you on a Thursday night because yeah. you'd have been a key worker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because in those days, you didn't have any of this scanning lark. 
Ooh, it was, was plug like, the number. <laughs> and that's what you did. And I wanted to be that oh, person. Practically finance. Beep, I, boop, I, yeah. Yeah. That is finance. So, oh, yes, that's what I wanted to do. And my mum said, don't be so stupid. Don't aim so high, Emma. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get off that tail. Get yourself a job. So I worked for Crusader Insurance, where I went in as an administrator and, yeah, in something like 88 or something bonkers. Like, why did I even say that? You know, so when you were working in 1988, were you all into New Kids on the Block? I was more of a wham girl, I think, Ooh, as well. But I do like, yeah, no, nice. I was a wham girl. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Um, anyway, fin- yeah. I fell into financial <laughs> services. Bring it back, Emma, bring it back. <laughs> I fell into financial services that way and I became an administrator. Then I joined an IFA firm and I worked my way up to kind of operations manager, compliancy type person. Um, and then I grew up a bit and I went to London Ooh. and I got a job in London <laughs> for an IFA firm called Advisory and Brokerage Services. And hmm. I... <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it was there that I did my FPCs and all of that sort of stuff. Old school. Old school. And I stayed there for 15 years. Say tomorrow you won the Euro Millions or the normal millions, whatever it may be, <laughs> and you won a million pound. It wasn't enough to retire on, but you could choose any career you could possibly want from tomorrow. What would you do? Exactly the same. Well, getting because... drunk with podcasters at lunch. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> no, I would. I absolutely love what I do. Aww. I really, really do. And I just think that there's so much more to do, which is why I don't want to retire yet. Um, we were talking over lunch about the diversity in finance and in particular the lack of diversity in finance and how... Yeah, we weren't talking about how diverse how finance was. How diverse? Oh my goodness, how it's diverse is finance? <laughs> so many women. Stop, <laughs> stop being so varied. Um, yeah, but you see, right, I get quite excited about this as well because, you know, us three, we're sitting in a room, we're having a good conversation about it. But that's taken quite a long time for us to be able to do that and for you to put this out on a podcast because historically this would have been laughed at because it just would have been oh you know bloody women yeah exactly bring my tea for the quadroom yeah that sort of thing and and it's not like that anymore and I think we've come such a long way because someone at some point has stood up and they've gone no you know we're really good at this as well we've got a different way of doing things there's been businesses pop up that are women only focused businesses and and they do a great job because I think they've opened up a channel of you know equally successful women that are looking for financial advice that isn't just the wife of someone you know I just think that we've come a long way there's still a hell of a long way to go Mm. I agree and I think sometimes we we're almost embarrassed aren't we to say we're strong women listen to us Part of it's that British thing, part of it's the finance thing. If you don't kind of want to come out of your comfort zone and we're very aware that the market is still predominantly middle-aged men who will, although there's a lot of them who are really, really good and really supportive, there are still a lot of them old school, who will genuinely push you down and it is difficult to stand up and say we're strong, independent, entrepreneurial women in a finance world which is predominantly men. But I just think that there's so much more of a community with with women uh, helping other women 
to push through it. But I think it's really exciting. I really do. And I'm not just saying that. Because you work in a platform company, have you got any opinions on how financial technology or fintech can help kind of the average person on the street? Where do you see that heading in future? You talk to advisors, I talk to advisors. And I've spent probably a lifetime trying to explain to advisors that actually this technology thing is just worthwhile. It just saves a bit of time and it adds value to to whatever you're doing. But so many people nowadays are saying, actually, it's the clients that are probing me to make the change. I'm well excited about this future of of where we're going with technology because I think we haven't seen the, the difference that it can make to individual firms, to platforms and actually to clients if they actually understand through a piece of technology and then a dotted line back into their advisor exactly what they're saving for and and those funds that they invested in, what it means when they go up, what it means when they go down, you know, just everything. And I think that's the difference, isn't it? It's it's putting it back into their hands and their power to understand what it means. Advice has always been quiet. It's like mystifying. It's why wouldn't they want it in their hand and their phone? That's what they're used to with everything else. And it's a big, big shift that's about to happen. And... It'll change it massively. Yeah, definitely. And I just think that as well, a client to be able to log onto an app or look at a valuation or look at that in context to what they're saving for, you know, how many times are, are those same clients five, ten years ago going to get out the suitability letter that the, the advisor read, <laughs> uh, wrote to them? You know, they're not going to do that. And they're not going to go, oh, that's well, I've heard people have framed that. them and put them on the wall. I, mean, I don't know about you. <laughs> I'm sure they have. (laughs) But they're just not going to do that. No, yeah, I'm okay. serious. You're not serious. Could you explain a little bit in layman terms exactly what we mean about <clears throat> platforms when we're talking about it in finance? I've always wondered, I've always wondered when you write a suitability letter that when you say, and I'm investing you on this platform and it's going to cost you this, there's never really any explanation, actual, is there? Yeah, What exactly it actually that, yeah. does. There's so much jargon in finance. It's <clears throat> one of the things that's our bugbear, isn't it? But it's something that clients who first go for financial advice don't understand what it is and it's often referred to as an advisor tool as opposed to a client tool. Can you explain exactly what it would mean to have a platform? So I think having your money invested onto a platform is the ability for a piece of technology to buy and sell whatever you're investing in. And it's the custody and it's the transaction engine that's managing your portfolio. And then it's it's an advisor tool that means they can go in and plug your information in, go and buy whatever they've recommended you buy and, and everything's housed together and it all works together. Everybody uses a technology now. I can't believe that actually it hasn't been quicker for people to get on board with these online platforms and things. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to change now, isn't it? I think people are requesting it and I don't think there's that fear factor so much anymore from from maybe advisors, traditional advisors, coupled with the fact that the client perhaps can be introduced to their app or a way to quickly review how they're doing towards that goal. And it isn't necessarily about, you know, what their portfolio is worth today versus tomorrow. It's just the simple understanding of what they're saving for. Then I think that's the 
biggest thing that an advisor can do for a client? Information is power. Um, who, what's your favourite Christmas song? <laughs> um, so this is going to be part of our December episode, which um, Joe and I talked a lot about Christmas stuff. What is your favourite Christmas song? The Mariah one. Oh, nice. Just because I can sing that really loud. I mean, Obviously, go on. In, no, <laughs> in my car, really, really loud. Um, it yeah, is a good, no. It is a good I'm more of a filter. Mariah than a kind of Pogues. Fair. Fair. Are you generally a big Christmas spender or are you more pragmatic like Kathy is, which is a 20 quid for the whole of a family? Absolutely <laughs> not. No, so I go absolutely crazy, but <laughs> probably on rubbish. Yeah. So it's just about, you know, wrapping up a shampoo or something <laughs> absolutely blooming ridiculous. So we had the producer put to us a question of people go a little bit over the board for Christmas. If you only had a £100 budget for everything linked to Christmas, so everything. decorations, presents, <laughs> food, alcohol, drink, drink clothes, yeah. £100 and, and it's a pie chance, how everything. would you split it proportionately? Oh, I think probably a third, a third, a third. On. That's so boring. But what on food? Let me explain. And drink. Yeah. Are they all white? <laughs> Is the food a wine? third red, a third white? <laughs> um, no presents. I think if you only had a hundred quid and you only had you know kind of quid. thirty quid to spend on presents, I like Fast maths from the I like finance the, people. I like the crap presents as well. So yeah. I do to go and buy the old penny sweets or wrap up some bit of our bombs. <laughs> Bomb- yeah, do just stuff like that. Bombs. <laughs> yeah, so me third, third, third. Right to wrap up. Oh my god, um, not a Christmas pun intended. Um, we're gonna do a quick fire. So. Buble or Slade? Buble. I oh, mean, you're wrong. Buble. I don't know why she doesn't like Buble. How could he not? Oh, I love him. Oh, my God. I'm falling asleep just thinking of him. Second quick fire. <laughs> Christmas cake or Christmas pudding? Pudding. Ooh. Yeah, but you've got to make it. Because I was explaining to you earlier about my mincemeat, wasn't I? With, no. the, um, with the, the, spice the Morgan rum. Spice rum in it. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, so well, that spice that... rum is available. I can taste test all of them. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> and a less exciting question pension or ISA? ISA. Yeah. ISA. Yeah. yeah. You can have more exciting question wine or beer? Wine. Obviously. Oh, I've, <laughs> do you know, I've, question, I've tried to like beer. Beer is no. 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 Can I just tell you this? I've started adding two bottles of this particular wine <laughs> to my shopping every week. <laughs> I don't know I've got that was so gone, much but... of it that. I don't know what to do. But how bad is that? Two no. bottles of wine on the, your shopping, though. No. Sorry, two bottles of wine on your shopping. I just, um, I just, it's which a habit. One is it? my, also, my, just give me a, your address and I'll pop it on the <laughs> It's a South African pinotage. Oh, I have a pinotage. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It was one of our questions, and I was happy like we could sit here all day. But. Amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Emma. That was unreal, wasn't it? Lovely. I love that this is work. <laughs> Yay! Yay! We love credits! <laughs> <laughs> so that's been another episode of That Mint Podcast. Thank you, Jojo. Thank you, me, for being hilarious. <laughs> um, thank you to the guys at Second Draft 
for being encouraging and guiding and not at all bossy in today's episode. <laughs> Thank you to the marketing team for all of their work generally with the podcast, um, but in particular for providing the taste test items. You mean the mulled wine? The mulled wine today. Thanks to Emma for her amazing um, interview. And just all I want to say is Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everybody. It'll be 2021 next time we record one of these. 2021 next month. It's nuts, isn't it? It's nuts. Yeah, calendars. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, what's a jewellery? Is it still the same one? We're not changing. We're not changing. No, we're not changing because it's a one, isn't it? Well, it can only be. (laughs) We've never had. Nobody ever said the phrase. (laughs) 20 seconds. Is that how you do it? You work out what no one's ever said the 22nd century. (laughs) And so the latest I've ever heard is the 21st. Is that really a logic of it? Why wouldn't you just know how to do it instead of working out what you've heard? (laughs) Yeah, but that works out, doesn't it? Until somebody tells me the 22nd century, I can assume it's the 21st. Yeah, and you're probably not so old this one, so you'd be alright if you just remember that one. When is the 22nd century? When do I need to change my rules? Like 2100. 80 years time. Yeah. Oh, I'm alright then. Right, I just have to stick with the 21st century until I die. Yeah. Oh, nailed it. <laughs> Thank you, Gregorian calendar. <laughs> nailed it. <laughs>